1: is the View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants or KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 14th of January, 2020. My name is Patrick Smith. It's Monsieur Patrick Smith, and I don't know it in Ulster Scots, but I endeavor to to find it out because it's a whole new world out there right now. But uh it may be New decade, new approach, but here in a view from the bridge, it's certainly new decade, same approach. Uh, we've got a hell of a show for you with regards to some of the issues that we're going to talk about. We'll be looking at Sheffield Guildford games and the way the Belfast Chance seem to be going 500 most weekends unfortunately these times we're looking around the league we are being joined by the head of media for the elite league luke fisher we've got a bit of an old school ask davy slash ask sis and then we're looking ahead to this weekend's games against sheffield and the glasgow clan but first up mr david McGimsey, how are you what about you do you like my bilingual of start else, to the show but else there's scots for you about Come. gk That's that i see that, that, that was it that was it can we apply for a grant <laughs> Is, it, um, is this is this is well, this us going for it? You know, getting getting the sort of you know get get the we money. Probably out? get funding. We should probably get funding for you anyway. With your, um, <laughs> no, we better not go. There. We
2: better not go there. Uh, <laughs> uh, how are you, Simon? I'm okay, but I don't know the and the Ulster
3: Scots
1: apparently. So I just speak Belt uh, East Belfast. East Belfast. Well, again, it's a, it's a, it, surely that's a language in itself. I oh, sometimes definitely is, 100% <laughs> sure absolutely uh, the Belfast Giants we, we stuck straight in I think the Belfast Giants had two games this past weekend uh, at home to the Sheffield Steelers, Steelers and their first game of the season against the Guildford Flames over in the Spectrum um, Light and Shade as it seems to have been all season long and will start with that first game against the Sheffield Steelers a 4-2 victory for your Belfast Giants the Giants goals come from Bobby Farnham Palmberg on the power play, Goodwin and an empty netter from Pierce. The Steelers goals, Lemtigov and Harabel. Uh, regards to goalies, Owen 41 saves, Duba 31 saves. Your referees were Stefan Hogarth and Dean Smith. Um, Davey, I'll start with you. This was, the Sheffield Steelers being top of the league. They were coming in here and the Giants are trying to find a level of form and a level of, a level of success. They got that. They were under pressure. They got that and, uh, Farnham on it once again. This was probably
2: uh, obviously Simon will come back and either corroborate or deny. This was a lot closer of a game than perhaps uh, you know the the scoreline suggests. With the, the empty netter sort of opening it up at the end, you know they the bounce back ability to use a an Ian Dye phrase, you know when they scored a the goal, were able to come back very quick. It was it was a pretty decent first period. I felt from the Belfast Giants, I thought we were quite swarmy. We did pretty well. We got down low we got a lot of shots away. We make Duba look absolutely brilliant. Um, it seems to be every game we play, which is a bit of a microcosm of our season, you know, just with um putting pucks past a goalie when you're when you're getting into decent positions and when you've got a lot of possession and a lot of shots, we need to be tucking a few more goals away and making games more comfortable. As it happened, they come out with the first goal. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. And uh, as I say, that that quick bounce back. And with Bobby Farnham coming down the winger and getting that one pass, do that, and then obviously coming back with Palmberg mm-hmm. getting the um the power play goal just before the end of period. Bit of a controversial one, perhaps. I think Simon and who was doing commentary with you, Simon?
3: Uh, some fella called Neil Russell, English fella from Manchester. Uh, that's you,
2: right, you, that English lad. <laughs> that's, that yeah. that's right. Coach on comms with you, like like the old days. Um, you sort debating over what you thought the penalty was going to be there, but the Giants had come out with the extra man on it, and um, Panberg's tucked one away. We talked about Palmberg on the special team says, you know, he's out there for, I think that shift on that particular power play was a two minute, 42 second shift. You know, he's just out there for the whole two minutes plus, and the second power play we got in the game, he was on the ice for the whole power play of it as well. You know, um he makes that power play kind of tick. He's, he's very good with possession. He's very good at finding open men. We've got to get somebody... I think just somebody going to the net a little bit more. You're you'll be able to talk about that in a minute. That, that put us into the period break in a good position and we're able to then go on pretty much a stalemate in that second period both ways. Chances quite an open game, some big saves from Shane Owen on the night. He did really, really well. Um and then you go into that third period. Goodwin coming up with the with the third goal. Took a little bit of the pressure off and of course then Sheffield rolled the dice and and the Giants come away with the with the fourth goal. Um Oh, it was what he called him. Scored Pierce. Elgin Pierce was not with with the fourth, and and mm-hmm. that, that was all she wrote for the night. But you know, there's not much between these two teams. Um, we'll obviously play the Sheffield Steelers this weekend again, and I expect more of the same. Difficult going to their place, but um, you know, there's a cigarette paper between these
1: two teams on the night says it's not often that we're outshot at home. Uh, it was the case that night, uh, but Shane Owen stepping up really well, and the Giants actually taking the chances when they came along.
3: Yeah, um, I thought Sheffield played very, very well. Uh, you know, they they have three really good lines. They 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 cycle the puck really well. They put a lot of pressure on you when they get the puck in your your own defensive zone. They, you know, they, their movement is very good. Um, they're, they're quite happy if you're coming out of your zone. They're quite happy to just be one four checker in and and then line up with your two guys at the blue line, two guys at the red line. But they put a lot of pressure on us, and they had some really uh, long periods of, of possession in our zone in all three periods. And, you know, I, I actually really enjoyed the game. I thought it was a really entertaining game. And, and that's it's difficult to say that when you're commentating because you're sort sure of trying – to make sure you still comment on what you're saying instead of admiring parts of play, if you know what I mean. Um but I I really enjoyed the game, you know, obviously, you know, them getting the first goal late in the first period and I'm sitting thinking, Oh, here we go again. You know, conceding late uh, in the periods has been a yeah. a recurring uh, thing that so far this season and and it happened a couple of years ago. I don't think it was last year of the year, maybe where we're conceding late in periods as well. But what a reaction, you know, if 10, within 10 seconds, Bobby and gets us tied up. And then a minute later, as Davey talked there about the power play, um, you know, Palmberg gets a power play goal. And the reason that he's out there, um and not getting the break off the power play is he's making a difference. So, you know, you, you get him on the puck. You, he it's it's, you know, his vision is really good. And, and, and <laughs> when we first came in, I remember he played the first game in Cardiff and Davey rang me that night. And he says, you need to tell him to cut a stick, a sticks too long. Um, and uh, and at that stage I'm saying I don't remember seeing it, and then I see it the next day in practice. I'm going, I ah, might have a point about that. but well, you I know,
2: kids, uh, he's a, it's a wizard. He really is. It's a wand. Like yeah, um, still, still think he looks tremendously awkward with it, Sam. Still, I, but again, it, it works for him. Works for means? him. Works for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Pellet's not it, the same. Pellich is yeah, well,
1: Pellich,
3: a
2: taller. Uh, yeah, Pellich is huge. You know, true, true. he's got a, a really. I a think D, his demand, generally. Simon would yeah. play with a longer stick. Well, I mean, my, my I always use a short, stick
3: but um, you know, it just depends on what you know what way you, your your posture is and on center of gravity as well. So it's it just depends on what you're comfortable with. But but um, Palmberg's playing well. There's no doubt about that. Um. You know, second period they we come back to us again and that's the bit, you know, towards before they scored their second goal, we had a lot of, of, of possession in their zone. I think it was probably at least two, two and a half minutes. We managed to change the lines a couple of times, they just couldn't get out of their zone. And when they did get out of their zone, they went the other way. They got a change of So, you know, if you, as Davy's talking about there a few times, you, you when you get the possession of the puck, you need to, you know, punish them and and when we didn't do that, you're sitting thinking, right, you know, they're going to come back here again They're and they're a solid team. They, mm-hmm. You know, they've scored, I think it's about 40 or 45 goals, goals more than what we have already this season. Um, and I didn't know until after the game that their coach, Aaron Fox, had sort of took a bit of a jibe at the chance. And the, the Sheffield star last week, mm-hmm. um, he was saying, well, sure, they don't score goals. When I watch them play. I, I, I,
1: like their style. I like how physical they are. Um, you know, they just, I don't think they've scored a lot of goals this year. They had a pretty big changeover as well. Um, and, uh, still a really, really good hockey team. And like, uh, literally, they're, they're four points out right now with two games less played than us. So they're, you can't sleep on that team. Right I wish I was, if
3: I had heard that. I genuinely would have put that to him on the first question uh, after the another game interview um, the same weekend last year that we had the Tom Barrasso interview <laughs> would have been quite funny, but, an all time classic, all time classic. Uh, overall, I, again, I thought we um, we just deserved to win the game. I, I absolutely agree with Davy. It was really really tight. You know, the four two they get that uh, the empty net goal sort of a wee bit of insurance goal there, but five seconds to go was was A blessing, um, uh, but yeah, uh, if it had about the
2: overtime, I don't think anybody would have complained about it. I
3: think-
2: like, sorry, Patty, mm-hmm. I like the way we shut the game down with sort of four or five minutes to go. Lewis Hook getting a bit of ice time there, and th- th- there was one specific shift that I can't remember who else was involved in it. Bobby Farn was definitely there, Lewis Hook, on the cycle low. And they just kept going and going. The Sheffield Steelers couldn't get the puck out of their own zone, which obviously meant Duba couldn't get to the bench. And the Belfast Giants were able to sort of control that That 3-1. It meant that whenever Sheffield did, did pull Duba, they had to be that bit bit more aggressive. And and I know there was people talking about pulling goalies and us pulling goalies and them pulling goalies and statistics and stuff. I want to but come back to that, hard, Well, the hard work of... of like all the guys, not a single Lewis hook out because he stands in my mind is going in really hard and forecheck, turning a puck over, coming back up the half wall, dumping it back in, and then cycle back around doing the same again on one specific shift. So I think the way we shut the game down, you know, we controlled it really nicely there towards the end. And we, we I, I know it was tight; it could have went either way. But I think on the on the the, the great airs and the opportunities on the night, I think we actually did deserve this win.
1: You, you've mentioned the name there uh, in, in Lewis Hook I think Simon so. mean, that's a player who of the last couple of months actually has been playing really well Hookie? yeah
3: it's been great you know Davies Akean he's 100% right um, you know I, I thought Hookie had arguably his best game of the season um, I think he's been unlucky not to be getting for ice time uh, in the last few weeks and then obviously with uh, Liam Reddick's going down in the first period um you know, it created a bit more ice time for for longer and Hookie, uh, and they certainly didn't let themselves down. They did it last week against Coventry, and you know, uh, obviously, you know, longer coming out there and and, and starting to fight against um, against the Coventry Blaze last week, and he was rewarded with that. Adam, obviously, like what he's seen there, you know, uh, he was rewarded with that by the ice time later in the game as well. So I thought that Hookie, and 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 and, and then particularly um Lewis Hook, uh if you watch right the end of the game, right after we scored the the, yeah. you know, the other goal that I think it's five seconds there, six seconds left in the clock, he's chasing the puck down yeah. into the far end. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And and that's what you're looking for. It doesn't make it you could you could score a hundred points a season um and not backtrack and I'd be pissed off at you. But for what hook he does again, he doesn't get the ice time, but
2: he absolutely earns it and I thought he was outstanding the weekend. Did he? What's the question, Pat? Lewis Hook. Yeah, look, he's more or less doubled his ice time that he's been getting recently. And and I just think if these guys get ice time, they'll they'll prove themselves that they've done it over they haven't they haven't ended up at the Belfast Giants by accident. They've ended up at the Belfast Giants because what they've done at previous clubs and what they've done in the league. They've proven themselves to be good players and Kieran Long as well. Kieran Long scored yeah. 30 goals last season. He's proven himself he's came into a different situation where he wasn't going to get the same amount of ice time. And that's obviously affected him in a number of different ways because he's playing a completely different role. I don't think anybody really expected Kieran Long to come and score 30 goals. So I think Longer has struggled to find what his role really is. Um, still think he's a great guy and still think if he was up in the top six, he'd probably score goals, but because he'd be getting three times as much ice time, you know, it's hard to do an awful lot with half a dozen shifts in a game. You're going out there, you're getting 20 seconds, 30 seconds, bang, you're back on the bench. You're maybe not getting another shift that period. It's difficult for them. Hookie has benefited from other people maybe going down injured, and he's been the one that's had the tap on the shoulder first, and he's getting more ice time, and he's, he's obviously he's got the legs going. And, and like Simon says, and, and I said earlier in the piece there as well, he's found a bit of a niche of a role. He's going in, he's being physical, he's skating hard, he's fast. So, you know, he gets in, and Simon as a I'll tell you, and he he says often on the podcast, you do not want to hear when you're facing your own glass, you're facing your own goal, skipping backwards. You don't want to hear those feet coming because you know what's happening next. And, you know, it keeps the D-man honest. It makes them play the puck quicker. It makes them clear their zone. It turns possession over.
1: So, Hookie, good luck to him. The more ice time he gets, the better he's going to be. Interestingly said, you know, about ice time, I'll put it back to you that, you know, we have a situation where we're struggling with fine goals. And you've players like Hamilton and Morgan brought in the fine goals, and they're not, You know, it's it's there for everybody to see that maybe the, the production from those two in particular and a number of others uh, isn't really coming. And this is the point where we say, well, we're not coaches and the coaches are paid the big bucks to make the decisions. But is there a case to be made that some of these lads should be getting a, a chance higher up the lines? Is that the me or the yeah. Simon? Well, either is the or. Me? We'll um, go to you first and then over I, I, to Simon.
2: Um, it's easy for us to play fantasy hockey, isn't it? Um, if, if he was Absolutely. on my if he if he was on my fantasy hockey team and he, he's proven himself to score thirty goals in this league last year, uh, he would be getting. If I, if you can put me, if I put my coach's hat on, I'd be throwing him up there and say, "Look, the the difficulty, I guess, is Adam Keefe sees him in practice, yep. sees what he's sees what he's doing in the gym." sees all the different things. So there's aspects of why he's not getting up there. I also think at a time, and I'll use this phrase because I've used it before in, in conversation with you guys, I think there's an element sometimes of players in this league have the wrong passport. I think if Kieran Long was Canadian and he had 30 goals last season, he'd be playing in the top six or he'd be getting more of an opportunity in the top six. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not. But, you know, he proved himself last year. If you put him in the top six, you put good wingers with him or, you know... You give him the opportunity, you give him the ice time, he'll score you goals. He scored them in Manchester. There's no reason why he shouldn't score them in Belfast. The conundrum is why he hasn't done it and why he hasn't earned that ice time. So, you know, you're talking about other guys being snake bitten, uh, and you know, there's nobody more snake bitten than, than Kieran Long statistically in the team. So, uh, has he earned the right to push somebody else yeah, out, true. or is it just has he earned the right to, you know, let's just shuffle the pack here and see what happens? You know, I, I know we talked about this actually last week on our WhatsApp and we're saying, I would love to have had a Challenge Cup dead rubber or a game where we're absolutely, we're, we're not in a position to do this, where we're blowing somebody away after two periods. We're 6-1 up after two periods and you can mix it up in the third period. You can give a Curtis Hamilton, you know, take the rest of the night off kind of thing. We're going to rest you for tomorrow night. right? longer, well, get if, free. We've already had that, David. You know, when, I, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm not I mean I mean prolonged, but Simon, I mean more than one opportunity of one game for twenty minutes. You
3: no, know. I get that. I absolutely get that. And you, you, the first thing you see um seeing these guys on the ice every day. Um mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. certainly longer longer's definitely finding it difficult, no doubt about that. Um and you can see it um, you know, even when he's coming to practice and he's on the ice and you know, he's trying to stay upbeat. He's getting you know, when he's had his chances there, forcing for him, he's hit the crossbar a couple of times, hit the post. Just can't get the puck into the net, and and you know, you, it, I'll give you another example, Liam Morgan. Yep, you know Liam Morgan sitting as it's fourth or fifth and scoring for us, he can't get a game until somebody gets out injured at them. But again, it's all about how you react when when you come back in the lineup, and and sometimes, as I say, you you know, as as a young player, uh, Liam Morgan, uh, he's only you know, 21, twenty one, twenty two years of age. He's got to learn, you know. That's it, you, you you get the top scoring shirt for the CHL. Um, you you don't turn into the best player on the team you know overnight. You've got to work your socks off. And when you when you're not going your way, you need to work even harder. Um, and and you know Longers had his chances. He's been up and down the lineup. He started the the season and you know he played alongside um, uh, Curtis Hamilton for a while. He played with with uh, um, well, called Liam Reddicks and Co as well. So they've had their chances, and unfortunately, it's just not happening at the moment. And I absolutely agree with you. If, he, if you don't get him a chance in there at five, six, seven goals up, this league isn't like that this year. No. Those results nowadays are very, very few and far between. So unfortunately for, for Longer, he's just going to have to keep on sticking to what he's been getting, whatever ice time he's been getting, just give your you know, it's balls out as soon as you get out there, every single shift, and earn your ice time. He's doing that. It will come his way. I have no doubt about that might not come this
2: weekend, but it definitely will turn around for him. The difficulty for Longer is that I think we have to dial back our expectations that his role isn't to get out there and score at the minute. His role as a fourth liner is just to get out there, eat ice time, don't concede, don't be a minus. You know, that's his kind of role. Um, So from that point of view, the longer that goes on, you know, that – does he go out there desperate to try and score a goal or should he be going out there desperate to not be a minus to eat up a bit of ice time to let the goal scorers rest you know it's it's that conundrum and you know like you, I had to play the fantasy hockey you know are you sort of saying the same thing in, in a fantasy in an ideal world you know you, you throw him out there but there's obviously guys that come in with good CVs and, and the coach sees what they're doing during the week yeah of course you're 100% right absolutely right I hope it turns around for him. He's he's a real, real good lad. He's very popular in the dressing room. Um, but that, that's my question: How does that turn around for him? Because he's now hard and work. We discuss- yeah, no, I don't mean that. That it's not going to turn around. hard work isn't going to turn him from a fourth liner and a thirty goal guy. What I'm talking yes, about is, is uh, h- yes, how it is. is it?
1: What do you mean? How is it? If you're not well, getting, if you're not getting the chances in the higher lines, as Davey says, you're you're spending all your time eating up ice time in the fourth line, just trying not to be a minus. How can you show your ability to be able to climb still, the lines? At the, at the first part of the, the point was with regard, um,
3: getting out there, getting ice time, and not getting scored against. Every line does that. Every line, the top lines get more ice time. I get that. Um, with regards to the passport, I think you're absolutely right about that. But he has been getting chances. He has been getting into the right spots. He's just not scoring. So when he gets his, you know, the fourth line do get chances, to score and they're not scoring. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not as if he's being told, right? You get that red line, dump the puck against, hold it, yeah. You. That's not what's happening. That's not a, you know, it's not a, it's not another sixteen under seventeen league where you've just about to, you know, whatever a coach tells you to do, that, that's it. That's it. You know, Adams, tell them, see if you get the chances, boys, go at it. If you can basically get them spread wide, get the defencemen, instead of them, you know, skating down the middle of the ice, and, and not, you know, you've got to spread that defence out, so in the middle. If you're dumping the puck in, you know, whether it be a soft dump or around the wall, just get in on the forecheck and then get to the front line now. You watch the way we play the game. There's two guys in deep. There's a guy standing in between the top of the circles ready for them coming back on the attack. We have Our fourth line has been getting chances. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely think, none. He's just think, not taken out the minute.
2: One of the things that goes against Longer too is he doesn't play power play and he doesn't kill penalties. And we have had a lot of special teams this season. So he sits, he sits and watches. That's, a, a, that's a
3: killer point for us.
2: That is yeah. an absolutely killer point for us. And it goes on to the next game on the Sunday. Yep. But yeah, which... you know, you go first, first period in that game before we just go into like first period against Sheffield, there's a couple of power plays either way. So, you know, two, four, six, eight. Albeit I think there's one shortened because there was a goal on, mm-hmm. you know. But the guts of half the period is spent watching anyway. And then you're trying to spot in when there's even strength. So it's difficult for him. Hopefully, you know, we can keep her confined somewhere, some way to get him out there. And, and when you're a body die, you know, when when you're full, when you're at full capacity, and you're playing that one extra man, double shift, and to make a fourth line. But when you're that body down, you're needing two people to spot a, a fourth line. So you know it's it's even more difficult to get them out there. So it's difficult whenever you've when you've got when you're a body like when somebody goes down during a game. So it's 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 well, no, it's, it's a hard it's a hard task to get them in there.
1: These will be themes that will move into this next game. The the, the highlights from Sheffield the Sheffield victory uh, at the SSE Arena, the 4-2 victory are available from Belfast Giants TV with Mr Kitchen and some guy called Neil Russell. on to Sunday and as I said light and shade. The Belfast Giants go into Guildford for the first time this season to face the Flames. A game we highlighted last week as being a, a possible danger game and so it tended to be the Guildford Flames winning 4-1. Uh, the only Giants goal come from Bram Ward while the Flames goals come from Craig Davis and two empty netters, one from Ian Waters and the other from Crooks. Uh, regards to goalies Owen, 40 shots against Peter's 21 shots against And your referees. Once again for the second or second night and three was uh, Stephen Hogarth and Dean Smith Ciz outshot outplayed um, it, we said last week as I said that this was going to be a danger game and, and Guildford were all over us especially in that first period we weren't good enough bottom
3: line we were second best Adam used that exact phrase in his interview after the game we were second best first period three penalties I think we took um, you know, they get a, they get a power play goal. you uh, Adam would have drummed into the team, guys failed in the penalty box, take a stupid bloody penalty, and um we they go on the power play, they score a goal. The next one I I should have got this for him. Was the next one a four on four goal? Yes, I yes. I think it was. So they get yes, the, the second goal is a four on four, bucket loads of ice out there, great speed. You know, this kid can move, he really can move. We underestimated, flat footed. Um, you know we, we didn't mention I actually we didn't mention Shane Johnson for the last game Shane had a really good game on Friday night a really good game on Friday Shane night Shane Johnson Shane sorry but I said that in the comedy <laughs> as well what Shane Owen Shane, Shane Owen, Owen. Um, Shane Johnson out of know, retirement <laughs> I know I uh, can you know he wishes um, Shane Owen my apologies Uh, you know oh, he played really really well on Friday night on Sunday night as well uh, he gave us a chance that's all you can ask of your goaltender get the chance you know they they're two nil up after 10 minutes 9 10 minutes um and we just could not get going i thought our second period was better i watched the game back i thought the second period was better mm-hmm. um I, I thought we battled we got a goal we you know you're, you're sitting thinking right okay you, you know, you're back in the list game again it's a 2-1 game party
1: we're playing great
3: right. it's a 2-1 game
1: we're playing great
3: and uh, you, you know, we're... Thanks very much. Um, you know we we're, we are trying to push for that second. You know we need to stay out of the box. Uh, some of the penalties are lazy penalties. You, you know sometimes you just you have no option but to take a penalty by putting somebody down or yeah. you know t- you know take them off the team to a certain extent. I get that. And that's absolutely you'll never have anybody giving you a b- over that. But you know we're taking so many selfish, lazy penalties and it's so bloody annoying. You're trying to get back into the game. You know, you you end up um pulling the, the goaltender, they get a they get an empty net again and and it's 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 bloody frustrating. Like I mean it's really, really frustrating. And you know after Friday night of beating the league leaders, you're sitting to get stuck in the list here and, and yep. you know be right up for the game. Um I, I spoke to Taff uh yesterday uh they said that the the trip over wasn't that ideal. That you know they missed their pre-game meal due to you know, one reason or another, and then uh, mm-hmm. on the way back was even worse for that bloody storm. They said it was an absolute nightmare. Um, but you know, these wee things can affect different bits and pieces and and players. Um, uh, not so much attitude, but they can certainly affect your 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 performance. Um, and for yes, me
1: yes. let me finish. Right. Let me
3: finish. Um but there was too many guys that didn't turn up. Yeah. And that's nothing to do with um not having a pregame made. That's to do with preparation for yourself. You've got to get out there and just give it your absolute all. And I think we had guys on Sunday night, I don't think there was I thought there was did not turn up. Um, and they're going to have to get their act together because it's coming down you know, can, do I think we're going win the league now? No, I don't especially, I said this a few weeks ago, I can't remember the exact timing but I said a few weeks ago two point weekends is not going to win you the league
1: mm-hmm.
3: and how I many we've had We have had four maximum point weekends all season, that's it yeah. Back to, back to back games, back to back games we've had four Maximum point weekends, and that is not good enough.
1: I'm good preparation wise for the game. I, I I agree with you. I think that you know when, when it's disjointed, then it is going to affect. I am going to point out, however, as you know, that Guildford were in Dundee the night before and went the exactly. overtime and had to yep. get all the way down the country. So the, their preparation was basically to try and to get drove. back to Guildford, and they and they put in a performance like that. Well, the other thing, Paddy, is you know. If you look at it from,
3: from that point of view, they had over that thirty six hour period from leaving Guildford at probably five AM, six AM on the Saturday morning, drive the whole way to Dundee with a couple of stops, play the game against Dundee, drive back overnight, ten hours the whole way back, and say nine nine to ten hours on the way back because of the um uh you know, obviously there's no traffic at that time in the morning. Yep. Um but they can to come, you know, get a few hours sleep in their bed. Maybe get a—I don't know if they've got one of those, um, you know, really nice coaches with a, you know, the beds and all. I have no idea. Um, but there's nothing like being in your own bed, obviously. But you know, for for them to come back two ten-hour trips on the road, you've got to get them a big pat in the back. You know, they mm-hmm. they come out. I, I don't think Guilford are as good as were last year. I really don't. Um,
1: but you could say the same about us. Yeah. Well, I, think you I actually disagree. I think Guildford are better than they were last year and I think that the, the way that they're playing and the points they're putting on the board, I think I'd be surprised if they're not fighting for for something, fighting for playoffs or that. But uh, but Davy, you know, from the Giants perspective, there's uh, there's creativity coming from Palmberg There are a, there are chances being created, but on Sunday it just it just as says it just wasn't good enough. Well, to
2: echo what Simon said at the very start. Thank goodness for Shane Owen because yeah. this could have been. Yeah, I said really, Shane Owen, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this could have been a really, really ugly yes! result. Bad, bad as it was. Obviously, the a couple of staff boys were there and they the fed back in their own opinions on it. Um, said that we looked like the tired team compared to the Guildford, and obviously watched it, but like. Taking that early penalty, they have a very, very slick power play. We know that. Um, it was probably drummed into this before we went out there. You know, do not take penalties. And within, I don't know, three, four minutes, who is it? Number nine, Ben Lee, go for a Um That's not a penalty, by the way. I didn't think it was a penalty. I, don't, don't don't disagree with you, Simon. I thought there was um, very quick to jump on the whistle there. But that, that being said, still Guilford still moved, moved us around. Moved us around really, really well. And Jesse Craig, you know, just give him a chance and he's going to bury. And then, obviously, we take another penalty. They take a penalty, goes four on four, and, and they manage the, with the extra space on the ice. You know, Ben Davies then gets in and gets one. It was difficult coming back in. I thought we had probably... You might have said it there as well, Simon. I thought the second period we actually did really, really well. We dialed it up. We got in front. Like, the first period... We did not get anywhere near their crease. Not once, not once in the game did we get inside on them. Second period, we did. We got in and around them. We got our goal, obviously. Probably give us a little bit of a boost going into second period. And then, obviously, the third period, nothing. We had nothing in the tank. We had precious little shots two, four, six, seven shots in the offensive zone in the third period oh, of a 2 1 game when we're chasing it. Obviously we've gone early with the the uh the pull of the net seven fifty four, two and a two and a bit, two minutes in change and we've, we've pulled the goalie and obviously then they've came up with the goal and uh again we've we've gone again with a few seconds to try and try and get that goal back. It wasn't the be Um disappointing weekend the the 50 fifty fifty again. Um sort of whenever you You beat the likes of the Sheffield Steelers and you see how that affects the top of the table. You have to follow that up. It's how you follow those wins up that's important. And I I tend to agree with you. I know I said on our own you can have this really knee jerk reaction, which you always do to a loss. Best chance team ever wins, worst chance team ever when you lose. Um, And I just think that we've left ourselves, even at this stage, a mountain decline. Now, let's look back at last season, but I think we're a different team massively different in terms of capability uh and how we're how we're tooled in terms of goals. Obviously you don't like go don't like looking backwards because you can look back over many, many seasons, but we've talked at length about you know we've lost whatever it was, 250 points. Mm-hmm. That was always going to be difficult to replace. So I think we've got to gotta, gotta retune here. Um do we do do the club accept right the the league's gone? I don't think the league gone but you can't you, you go into this weekend and and you start the pressure ramps because you start to become must win games. You cannot now drop any more points. We're already, I think, is it seven points behind Sheffield, maybe one game in hand on them something. I think we've well, two. two think games two, hand, two in
3: Sheffield and Sheffield. we played two more than Cardiff.
2: Yeah, but we've played two more in Cardiff. I think we're maybe four points behind them. So games yeah. against Cardiff. Becoming even more critical, I think there's games against Cardiff coming up quite soon. Yep. Double um, coming you know, up. They're, they're, they're double headers. There you go. Absolute. You know that's a that's a watershed moment in in the championship season. Um, you know you don't come out a lot with four point weekend. It is you know statistically it's not going to be over, but you know psychologically and all, then you start thinking: Do we? Will this club reload and go for the playoffs? And 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 what effectively is a two weekend challenge? You know, knockout thing. Don't know. I don't know where we we'll go from here, really. It's really difficult. I'm sure Adam Keefe's absolutely perplexed by the situation where, where we can go and sort of do fairly well against Sheffield, come away with the win against a team that's that's free-scoring, keep them the one goal, effectively in, in Belfast, and then go out. And, you know, we, we did not play well on Sunday. We stunk in the third period. I didn't think we started well. I thought, as I say, I thought the middle period were pretty decent and would give a good account of ourselves, but it's, it's 60 minutes and it's hard and it's a conundrum and we say this every week and it's the cliche as a hockey, you got to play for 60 minutes or you get punished and we got, we heard a harsh lesson on Sunday.
1: I you know so we're talking about um we'll come to the lead table later in the show but I I, I agree with you I think that the, the to retain this lead lead title at this point is going to be an absolutely mammoth task but there will be people out there listening saying well you give Cardiff those two games in hand that puts them on fifty we're on forty two that's eight points we were eleven points back and we still put in a run are you saying that this is a different team? And you don't see that run coming? Well, you, you only have to look back at our results. You know,
2: we were still putting teams away last season. We were mm-hmm. might might be losing games but scoring four goals. You know, we're just, the goals aren't there. On, on any given night, we can go and thump a team. And the next night, you, know, you can't score four against Sheffield and then go the next night and score one or score. We've been nilled too many times this season. We've been held at the one goal, two goals too many times. It's just with the firepower. The teams have. Defenses have got better. Goalies have got better. Teams in general, team defense is better. But you've got to take opportunities when you get those grade A opportunities, which we got in the second period. Guilford, you've got to take them. Because if you don't, one goal, two goals does not win games in this league anymore. You look at the, I know, you, I like the way overs, like and I, I, to be fair I did the, the Giants-Unders on, on Sunday. That tells you, that tells you a story does, yeah. as well. But, you know, Sunday night in this league is generally overs night. You know, it really is. The, the, the Fridays and Saturday nights are usually tighter affairs. Sunday teams have travelled, they're tired, it opens up. There's lots of goals on a Sunday in this league and we're not one of the teams that are getting them. So I don't see how that turns around, Paddy. Maybe says has got a different take on
1: it. Well, what says what I also threw into the mix is the fact that yes, we are fifty-three goals behind the Sheffield Steelers, who have played two games more. But arguably, uh, David brought in the aspect of team defense. We're one of the stingiest teams in the league when it comes to D. Yeah,
3: I'm just. I'm actually just looking at the the, uh, the standards here now, Paddy. Since we're talking, we're talking a few minutes ago about Sheffield being seven points clear and. And you know, with eighty nine goals conceded, we're we're plus what's that? Plus sixteen, and between goals for and goals against, and and yes, we're defensively. You know, you you'd, you'd like to think that you're um, you know, you're you're doing okay, but again, are we? I don't think we are. I, mm-hmm. I just think, you know, for me, team defense starts with a forge. You know, I've said it all every single time. You know, you want your guys, you know, your your forge coming. Drop them down deep to make sure they're covering. They're going to get back up to the point when they, you know, when they, um, when you have to as well. And and Adam will be really frustrated. You know, Davey asked the question there. Um, you know, uh, is it over for the league? I I I think it's going to be very very difficult to get back from where we are. If you try and tell Adam Keith that it's over, beware of getting that punch mm-hmm. in the face. There's he will not give up on this. There's absolutely no chance. He'll be doing everything he can. To get this team back on track and, and try and push forward. You take
1: but, that card, sorry, just to say, you take that card of Devils doubleheader at home, you take two wins from that, that's an eight point swing. And your ball. should have been your granddad. <laughs> well, here,
2: I'll throw one at you. I, you know, I don't, I was trying <laughs> to quickly flick up a, a statistic there. Um, I can't get just exactly the same, but after. 30 sort of 30 what's that 41 games into the season last year 732 man games we had scored 165 goals this season we've played 835 man games and we scored 134 goals we're way 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 behind on goal production this time versus this time last year massively Mm -hmm. the gap is huge gap is it's 50 goals. You've already said at the Sheffield. That's where we need to be. We need 50 more goals at this stage. Possibly not because defences have tightened up. But you need. We need to go back through those. Those. You know. You go back through all those games that we've played in the league this season. One goal here, one goal there. And I know Neil Russell. Maybe Coach Russell loves listening to me saying about. Oh, we've had loads and loads of shots and all quantity. Quality is hard to. This to, to, to say when you're just looking at it on a spreadsheet and you're looking at dots on a page. It's hard to say that was a good shot. It wasn't. We need to convert, and we haven't converted anywhere near as much as we were converting last season. That's down to personnel because the system hasn't changed, the process hasn't changed. So, to me, and I don't know if I've said this over several times over the last number of weeks, it's a personnel issue. That they're just different players this season, different rules. They're not putting the puck in the net.
3: We, we had a perfect storm last year, lads. You know, yeah, that things, it happens, doesn't know, it? We, it does. You know, again, you look at the state. You know, the Steelers for the last three or four years have been average. Let's be honest. You know, they are okay, they get into the you know the top um, three or four, but you know they haven't pushed uh, the Cardiff for the league. They haven't pushed the Belfast chance for the league. They've switched it around. They, you know, they've made big wholesale changes. They've they brought in how many coaches now they've had in the last couple of years since Thompson was booted. You know, so you know it, it's a you know it, it's really it, it's, it's it makes you annoyed, but. Um, you, you you feel passionate about this team. Um, you know you see it on on Friday night on Twitter. Um, you know you see all the you know we'll beat the orange and beat this and we'll beat that and blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden we're getting the bloody redemption. Yeah, Adams again. You don't get to, I don't get annoyed now as much now as what he um and that's because it's sort of give me a bit more experience now. You know, it's not life and death. Yes, a lot of people think it might be. And yes, everybody wants to win, including everyone, guys in the dressing room. And But it's just, sometimes it just doesn't go your way. And I think, Davey, you might be able to, again, you're looking through your stats there. We've lost 14 games in the league this year. I think we lost 15 in total last year. That's both regulation and overtime slash shootout wins. So we're only one. If I'm right, we're only one game behind in the full season last year when we lost yeah. 15 yeah. So ultimately think, ultimately if we want to win this team, we've got to go unbeaten the end the year. And I I well, wouldn't be overly confident about that at the moment.
2: I think you you have to factor in also the huge turnover this year compared I know there was a bit last year, but you had a lot of players that were coming back for a second season. There was a core there, Blur Riley. You know, like Colin Shields, Vandy, Rudy even, Johnner, um trying to think of some name. Boxy was there last year, you know, it, it came back Large to the Gary yeah. said, the, the British core, you know, um toy. Just there was a core. Uh, and and you know, there was a core of imports as well that were playing their second season. Would some of these players that are playing for us this season? would you expect them to be back next season? Would you expect, if they came back, would you be expecting better things from them? Because their CVs tell you that, is this a season where they're taking the settling into a new country? Is it, you know, but, you know, the game can pass you by so quickly. You have to win now in the UK. That's the the thing. You can't build a dynasty over a lot of years because the patience isn't there within ownerships, within fan bases. You have to be winning. You see what it's done to the Sheffield Steelers. You know, over whatever many years now, and how much they've had to throw at it to get back up the top interest, and to see that people are now saying Valorant is better than Matthew Wah. Uh, We'd love to hear what Dave Sims' take on that is after his. uh, Was it
1: Valorant
2: or DeLuca? Oh, it could be DeLuca. I think it's it's the number
1: 15s. Oh, that, best, it's best, flavor best of teams. the month. It, like regardless of the team, I think there's always the flavor of the month. So you look at, you know, at one point it was Brad Voth was the was the mayor of Cardiff, and now you've got hey. Joey Martin's the goat. You know, and 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 you know, the flavor of the month happens in most teams, I think. But uh, but from, I agree with you in regards to the turnover. It, it'd be very interesting to see, especially in these next couple of weeks. You know, is there is there going to be a change with regards to us trying to fight forward? And then when it comes to the end of the season, but that's a long way off. I'm going to move things on, gents, because we've got a few more big topics to cover. Uh, the highlights are available from uh, from Flames TV on YouTube. Um, a few points across the league. Uh, Sheffield bounced back from their loss to us with a win at home to the Glasgow Clan seven three, which uh, was notable from the fact that there was a big shout from Glasgow uh, fans who were there about having to move because they were drumming, whatever. Um, Cardiff. What, is that all, what was that all about? I think I think that, uh, there was a compl- I think there was a complaint about them drumming, and then the the fun police came along and said you're going to have to move onto the upper tier of the arena because you're making too much noise, and uh, they complained about it, but then still did it. You know, so yeah, whatever. You know, it's just one of these storm in a teacup type things, but which people are going to make a lot of noise about on Twitter, and it just it's just nonsense. Um Cardiff four point weekend with a tight win in Manchester and home win to Dundee. Uh, Panthers didn't win anything this weekend, and the playoffs have been rebranded as the uh, Premier Sports Playoffs with Predictor Bet. Being replaced after two years, uh, says so, so Premier Sports coming in was the title sponsor. It's a good move for Premier Sports. Good move for the elite league.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, you know, the
3: I don't know what sort of package involved in it. Uh, you know, you've got to give uh, a big pat on the back to Premier Sports and Free Sports for you know for putting the product on the TV and um, you know that's not just the Eihl's on there, but it's got all the different European leagues that are on the SHL, CHL, the KHL. You know, we've got NHL obviously as well. So it's uh it's just brilliant to be able to to be able to watch all that um and uh uh you know the, there's not many times you can turn on premier or free sports now and there's not hockey on in some way but it's it could be um nhl today or whatever it may be so it's brilliant it's it's absolutely it's long long overdue and and uh best luck to him because predictor pepper a lot
1: like Uh, well, one of my, one of my, one of my loves on, uh, is on free sports at the minute, which is the FIS, um, Alpine Downhills from, from Croatia, which were fantastic. I know you're big into your skiing, boys. So, you know, it's, uh, and I'm sure you're as, you're as disappointed as me at the loss of, uh, of Hersher, uh, with regards to the slalom. But I'm sure Christophson will come through and play really well. But that's for a different podcast altogether. Um, Davy, you know, from a, from a free sports and as, as, um, says there from a free sports and premier sports point of view. I wanted to get uh, Murph on for a chat with regards to this. Well, he says he'll come on in the next week or two. But it it, it is a development. that we, you We were in a position where hockey wasn't getting very much coverage, especially once it dropped off Sky Sports. And somebody like Murph deserves a lot of credit for the amount of effort he's put in to try to get it back on the telly. You know,
2: to be fair, it's Aaron Murphy's job, first and foremost. But uh, taking that aside, the effort levels that he has gone to, the doors he has pushed at, the doors he has knocked to say, get this on TV, the the length and depth of the country that he travels with, you know, his, his good friend Paul Aidey and and Ellie there to cover this sport just to try and help grow the brand and, and grow the product. And this is a bit of an a outworking of that. And yeah, it's great. Um, personally... I hope to be in Nottingham. Um so I'll not be watching it on TV, but I'm hoping that people that aren't able to get now have that option. And and you know, that, that Premier Sport option that Simon's talking about, it's not that expensive. It's it's less than the cost of a webcast, I think, a month. And you're getting all that hockey. I think the, the Elite League still has a programme on free sports as well, doesn't it? it? Does, yeah. A weekly yeah, highlight a, show. A, a, a weekly highlight show where you get all the goals from around the league and you know, a, a little bit of chat from the coaches and stuff. So you know, fair play to Mark for, for doing that and it has been long overdue, you know, the days of it being on Grandstand and the days of it being on Sky Sports are, are gone for now and as that brand tries to rebuild Premier Sports, you are trying to be at the front of, of hockey entertainment on, on you know, on the satellite channels, on the cable channels, so you know, fair play to Lane, they're, they're making a little niche in them. if you want to watch hockey on TV, pretty much you have to go to the Premier Stroke Free Sports, so it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of match made in heaven, if you like, and I just didn't really get the Predictor Bet thing. I assume that Predictor Bet just weren't getting the money that they expected, perhaps, out of it, and it was just a bit of a it was a lost leader for them at the start, and it
1: never never gathered any revenue. I assume so. That's been been changed. Yep. The end of the what was to be a three year deal ended two years in Income Premier Sports. So we'll we'll get a chat with uh, with Murphy in the next couple of weeks, no doubt. Um, quick look at the league table: Sheffield Steelers top forty nine points. Cardiff forty six points, Belfast forty two, Nottingham forty, Guildford thirty-six, Coventry thirty-six, Glasgow thirty-one, Manchester twenty-eight, Dundee twenty-six, and the Five Flyers still trying to fight their way up that table. Dundee have come off the bottom, Fife on the bottom now on twenty-five points from thirty four games. Um On to the next point of my agenda, the weekend after next is the first uh, first league-wide Pride Weekend, or branded the EIHL Pride Weekend, with most teams releasing merchandise associated. The Giants have focused more on the equality stance, uh, furthering their long-time motto, in the land of the Giants, everyone is equal. To give us an insight as to what the EIHL hope to achieve from that initiative, I spoke with the EIHL's head of media, Luke Fisher. Luke, how are you?
0: I'm, I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys?
1: I'm uh, doing really well. A busy man, no doubt.
0: I think we all are at this time of the season. Like, you kind of wake up and it's suddenly the middle of January. You think, how did we get here? And that's so how we are.
1: Fantastic. Well, obviously, one of the reasons we're chatting to you now is because Belfast Giants just the other day brought out their part in the EIHL Pride Weekend and the You Can Play shirt that they've released. Let's just have a quick chat about the initiative. You know, what is the weekend about?
0: I mean, I think realistically what we're doing here is we're saying actually hockey fans are great. And, you know, we actually have a lot of diversity in the Elite League fan base anyway. And we should be celebrating that anyone or everyone should feel welcome in an Elite League game. A lot of people have already found it as a, as a safe space. And, and why should we not promote that? Because it actually reflects really well, most of all, actually, on hockey fans.
1: How receptive have the team's been to the idea of it? It's, it seems to be something that's been picked up. We obviously had teams in the last number of years, like so Cardiff of Sheffield might ever bring out their their, uh, their own Pride Weekend shirts and that sort of thing. But uh, but it's gone full league-wide.
0: Yeah, so um, it has been good, actually. Uh, this was a suggestion brought up at the summer board meeting. So this was uh, just after we'd done fixtures, so in June. And uh, we didn't vote on it because no one said, no, we don't want to do it, which is really good. Uh, so everyone around the table was on board. And um I think that helps because when it's when it's top down and everyone's on board with it, it helps to to make something bigger. No one was feeling like they're forced onto it. it it's been good, actually. Obviously, you have some teams that are going in more than others. But I mean, that's just how how things go.
1: That's interesting. Some teams go more than others. Do you feel that's just—is that due to their reception to the idea of it, or why? Why do you think that would be?
0: Um, I, I wouldn't say so. I, I think really what we've done here is we—we we could have said, "Okay, we're going to do this with a league-wide partner. We're going to have Stonewall, for mm-hmm. example, and, yeah. and we're going to go with them." And you've got to do this, that, and the other. And actually, we thought, no, thats the wrong approach. Teams know their fan base as well, and they know what works there better than uh, we do as a league. So th- the idea is really to leave teams down to making their own links in their own communities, uh, and that's what we went for. Um, but I think it, it kind of—it's uh, the first year, so for some teams like Cardiff, uh, they've been doing it a lot. Glasgow haven't done so like this, but the fan base have been really involved. Yeah. So it's quite. They're almost a step ahead, let's say. Um, And some teams, it's the first year and and they kind of thought, okay, how are we going to do this? Uh, So I don't necessarily think it's about reception to the idea. I I just think it's about uh, how, how teams are set up, really.
1: Interesting you say about the, about that and the fact that, you know, it, it has been received on the whole pretty well. Now you're obviously going to have criticism. I don't think even you need to say about this, about anything that the league does. And we'll come on to the match times later on. But, 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 you know, you're going to have both rational and completely irrational, uh, criticism of this. You know, people saying, you know, why's this? Why not someone, something else? How does, how do you think the league should deal with something like that?
0: Well, I think that the whole reason this sort of came about was if you think back to playoff weekend last year and the playoff final. I mean, the Glasgow clan fans had sort of been talking about this before the weekend and some other fans got involved. And then they had the banner and we had the thing before the face-off drop there for the final. Mm-hmm. And I remember at that point just going, OK, this this is this is quite impressive. This is actually a bit more than. I don't want to seem bad here, a few fans, right? This is actually quite big here and this is quite special. So it all sort of came from there. And I think when you have fans that are saying, no, we want hockey to be inclusive, actually, that makes it, it feels like the right thing to do, to take that message and do it league-wide.
1: Interesting, you mentioned that, you lead know, league partners and you, you single out Stonewall there in particular. Obviously, one of the leading lights when it comes to the LGBTQ issues. But we looked today or the other day at the Giants and what they brought out and more of a, uh, based on equality rather than singling out the LGBTQ community. Uh, is that just, was it an open remit to the, to all clubs to approach it whatever way they see fit?
0: Absolutely. I mean, it wasn't because I was feeling lazy that I said, you know, do what you think is best. But it was that we had this, this idea that, like I said, the teams know how their fan bases work. And also, if the teams can make links in their own communities, that is actually, it's, it's almost better in a way that the teams can be really involved for people in their communities for things that are happening there and make those links going forward. And with the giants, like uh, I know that this um, everyone is equal in the land of the giants has basically been in the DNA of the team for 20 years. And that 20 year anniversary just seems like a really good chance to celebrate it. And um, you can play have been supporting us a lot. And uh, I talked to them about this and, and they were, they said, yeah, this is great. We'll happily support something if it's spreading anything, which involves bringing people together. And so using something that the team's already got is, that, is great because it's it's saying this is what Belfast Giants has been about for twenty years and you know here's to the next twenty.
1: Is this an issue of overdue? I think that's
0: hard because um
1: uh, I, I, I asked that question because obviously you've seen in recent years with yeah. regards to football, rainbow laces and, and, and various that's other really various other mm-hmm. sports taking on the, the mantle of trying to develop lgbtq issues but also a wider equality issue because let's yeah, be sure. fair you know you've got you've got uh kick it out with regards to racism you've got you know there's a, there's a lot of uh obviously likes of not say a lot of uh, that's unfair there's elements of homophobia racism that filter through a lot of fan bases and there are initiatives within certain sports or maybe most sports to try to kick these sort of negative aspects of the fan base out uh, this is something I might, i might be unfair to say it's overdue because as you said yourself you know the likes of the Glasgow clan and various other fan bases have been trying their own initiatives but do you think it's overdue from a organizational point of view that that we're we're now coming on top of that
0: um I, I don't think you can ever say things like this are overdue I think we just got to say things kind of run their course and when everyone's ready to say you know what yes let's do this Uh, It's a positive thing. And I think it's it's a bit easy to kind of get caught up in perception of how long it took to get there. But, you know, you you can't force this on people if uh, I don't know what was happening in five years ago in the league or, or things like that, whether it was discussed. But the fact that now everyone says, yeah, let's do it. I think that's only a positive thing, really
1: so going forward obviously a solution to prejudice, prejudices prejudices uh, are not always forthcoming awareness desire for equality ongoing processes you know what more do you think the elite league can do or fans can do rather than this being just a, 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 a again this may sound unfair but a, a token weekend
0: Yeah, I think that's that also helps in the way we've tried to, say, do things in your local community, because, again, if this was just Stonewall and a national thing or a league-wide national, it would be quite difficult, I would actually say, to follow it up, but if you're doing things in your local community and you're getting involved, you're kind of opening those doors of communication and those communication lines to people there. But I think, actually, a lot of teams are already doing stuff. Okay, we know Cardiff have done things before. Manchester did a huge did a link-up with Manchester Pride, Yes, because uh, they were playing some uh, pre-season games then. Sheffield have done the event. Uh, Dundee are absolutely all over this. They have a huge partnership going on with Tay Radio, who are going to come to the free sports live game and give things out in the crowd. So, I I think that uh it's a really good start. Like, I spoke in the summer with the SHL because they do a, a huge Pride event Um and it's backed by a national newspaper, Afton Bladet, and I was kind of asking them a lot of questions about how they do theirs and, sure, we would love to be in a position where we have a national newspaper siding with this campaign, yeah. but we're not there yet. It's the first year, so I think, really, for this year, awareness is absolutely number one. Awareness and, and having everyone doing it together is fantastic. And then... Let's see where we can build it from there.
1: Is that is that the ultimate achievement you're looking from there? Because obviously, like the, the clubs are going to be marking shirts and raffles and stuff like that. But the ultimate the ultimate achievement is is further awareness.
0: First year, I, I think we would kind of be setting ourselves false targets. Um, if we can overachieve on that, definitely. But but yeah, first year. Just the awareness. I think we've got quite a long way already by, by doing it as a league wide event. And let's see how it goes and then uh, reflect on it. But like when I was talking to you can play and I mean, they, these are the guys that also do hockey is for everyone with the NHL. Yeah. Like, we're kind of catching up about it. And I said what the teams were doing and, and what we had and which teams doing jerseys and all these things. And they said it was incredible. Like, I mean, I don't like to overstate a lot of things. I think you know that about me, but the, the guy there, he said, Everything you're doing actually in year one is is incredible because actually getting just everybody on board would have been an achievement in itself. So I think that's that's actually really positive as well, considering they're doing this with a lot of other organizations and, and they obviously see how, how different leagues and sports
1: are doing it. So obviously the the, <clears throat> the Elite League Pride Weekend and the You Can Play initiative, the equality initiative, with regards to the Belfast Giants, it takes place starts off next Friday, the twenty fourth of January. With the games between the game between the Dundee Stars and the Glasgow Clan. From a Giants perspective, we obviously have the home game against the Glasgow Clan on the twenty fifth of January before travelling over to face the Guildford Flames on Sunday, the twenty sixth. Uh, check out the Belfast Giants website. They've got a, they've got a special shirt as do uh, probably all the clubs and uh, and keep an eye on the Elite League website. For uh, for more information on that, Luke. I'm um, also before we let you go, uh, an unusual thing, but uh, I write the reply last week. We uh, let's say we mildly ridiculed the the midterm report of the Elite League and their focus on match times. But you want to bounce back on that?
0: Well, it, something came up on commentary actually on Saturday, no Friday during Sheffield where uh neil russell said a lot of the games in the elite league are very stop start and then the the guys proceeded to talk about actually the game durations thing in that kind of semi mocking sense which almost contradicted itself um at the time i thought because actually the point was the games are stop start and it's just something that's been noticed and it's been going on a while from teams is that the games take too long and it's not necessarily about period breaks because different teams have different lengths and intros and things like that but it's it's when the whistle goes, and it takes sort of a minute to get play going back, or forty-five seconds. And I mean, it's boring. Like, if you're quite. But honest, not it's a ref- sorry, to
1: interrupt. But is that not a reflection on refereeing?
0: Well, th- this is all part of it. This is not just on players. This is referees have got to get, and then linesmen um, have got to get to the face-offs quicker, um, because it's boring for the fans in the audience, and it doesn't make the product good if it's very slow like that. Um, so, so everyone has to kind of speed up because also the intensity drops out. If you have a, a 45, 60 second break almost every time you blow the whistle, it kills the intensity in a game. I mean, I'm sure, you know, if you have, the, especially the later we go in the season and, and you want to see the players playing and the fans want to see the players playing. So it's kind of about cutting down the dead time, let's call it, mm-hmm. that the breaks in play there and, and speeding that up because actually if everyone's dialed in, We have better games. And that also goes for officials. If they're dialed in, uh, they have better games. If players are dialed in, they have better games. And people aren't sort of suddenly wandering off to something else. Uh, Most leagues around Europe, you're looking at sort of two hours, two hours, 10 as an average. And our average is 223. And that's an average.
1: But th- I think the point that was made on the podcast last week is from a fan's perspective, you know, the, the overall time of the game is the overall time of the game. I guess these, these, was it the, the accumulation of marginal gains? And and, and if you do cut them down, then okay, then it's only a two hour game. But do you feel that something that, that will have a, an effect on the overall product?
0: I definitely think so because um, it, you keep everyone's head in the game. Basically, I think, if you kind of watch players, even officials sometimes, it all gets a bit lethargic. And actually, no, what you want is you want players playing hard, whistle to whistle mm-hmm. uh, and going for it when that game's on. Not kind of just if we have an icing, everyone gently skate back up to the other end and then we'll reset and keeps everyone engaged is the overall thinking behind
1: it. Well, there you go. That's the uh, that's the uh, the official response from the Elite League. Thanks very much, Luke. And the um, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll think more before ridiculing you in future. We absolutely won't think. Uh, more. I'm sure
0: you ready. can dissect that uh, um, in the next two minutes. <laughs> you,
1: you know, you know that we will absolutely not think more before ridiculing in future. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, we, we I know it's a, a busy time, and with the CHL and all coming up, so we really appreciate your time tonight.
0: No problem. Anytime.
1: Thanks very much to Luke. Um, Interesting topic. It's obviously going to be a topic that a lot of people are very sensitive about and it's quite a polarising discussion. Uh, The Belfast Giants have put out the fact that they're going to go on the equality stance, something I brought up with Luke in that interview, um, something that they've long time held uh there's obviously they've gained criticism for this that they've not gone full on the lgbt route that some other teams may have done but i think either way they were going to gain criticism because it's such a polarizing topic um davy i know you've been quite vocal on twitter and the likes the last couple of days as well with with discussions with various people your thoughts on on what we have on what the giants announced just the other day i can live with
2: what the the giants have announced um I'm not going to say I'm against um, pride or anything because I am a total live and let live kind of guy. However, I am fiercely protective of my club, and that I believe that right from the day one, you know, in the land of the giants, everyone is equal, and that game for all, game for anyone, really is a strap line that isn't Belfast. And if you want to just take, and I don't know I've said this, and, and it's it's kind of religious politics, sexuality, color, creed, whatever. You're a Republican, unashamed Republican from the Falls Road, Mm -hmm. and I'm equally an unashamed loyalist from Dundonald. And through this hockey club, we're really, really good friends. As tight as you can get. We talk to each other probably more than we talk to our family. You know what I mean? And That's 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 been through equality at this club, Yes, and I, I, I know I've taken a hammering from some people on, on um, Twitter, and for for saying, I don't know, I don't know. Come and tell me if there's someone that feels they can't come to the Belfast Giants because they don't feel it's a safe place because they're gay. I just really don't believe you. I, I, I want that to be untrue. I want it to be a place where. Anyone can come because if you're for my team, I will back you 100. percent I would not accept hearing anyone in our arena treat anyone with disrespect from our home fans. Away fans are a bit different, but that's a different subject, <laughs> you know. But I wouldn't let.
1: Does AFL that fall? So just just to push you on that point. Does that fall because you say that you know regards to the, the gay aspect of it? I assume that would fall the same way where if it came to racism or Islamophobia anything. or anything like that. Anything, anything out of order, swearing at children,
2: Islamophobia, not really an issue in Belfast at the moment. but if it was, yes, I I wouldn't accept anybody being slabbered at for any reason. Do you know who you want to go and get? Big George, or We George as he calls himself on Twitter, he's a kind of enforcer within the fan base. He just wouldn't accept it happening. He would not let someone be bullied in this arena by someone else. And I know me and Simon talked about bullying as an issue. So you can take LGBTQ, AI, plus all those things, Boolean, colour, all ability, disability, anything like that. This is where the Belfast Giants are. We're maybe not vocal enough in putting across that that is our strap line because someone did say to me, you're new, okay 20 years ago in the land of giants everyone's equal everybody knew that 20 years ago but they still know it now well maybe that's a slight as an organization not still hammering that message out there enough old school fans if you want to call us that we know that because we've been brought up on it we've been fed it for 20 years maybe we're not putting that and this is giving us an opportunity to get that back out there again and maybe
1: it'll help us kick on and get that message out that's that- that that's a really sorry to cut across, but that's a really good point, because I think that what a lot of people will put across on it is that it's about awareness. And while you say, you know, about somebody saying receiving some sort of, say, for example, homophobic abuse at the arena and you are know, not being able to believe that, you know, it doesn't I, I would I would argue that that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It's just that maybe isolated cases of that, and maybe awareness is what this this approach from the elite league is trying to bring. And I'm just going to move the says with regards to the the Giants had to walk a very fine line on this, a very tight path on this because it's such a polarizing topic, and they have gone down this equality route. Says Uh, the correct decision, certainly. Absolutely, 100%. Because everybody's treated exactly the same.
3: And this is the bit that's really starting to... Because, you know, I, I, I work for Phonacab. I don't know if I've told you that before. <laughs> um, but we're we're, we're sponsors of Belfast Pride for four, five, six years, whatever it might be. Um, we invested a lot of money um, and basically and, and helped to raise awareness of... Uh, the LGBTQ community in Northern Ireland, and you can see. Now I, I know you boys live in England now, um, so I, I get to see Pride in Belfast. Been at it, I know. I don't know. Every year that we've sponsored it, I was at it. My daughter's been at it as well. I, there's absolutely no issue from that. And for people to say that they've heard, I, I think I can't, I can't remember who it was. It's somebody saying that they've suffered. Transphobia abuse at the arena, and homophobic abuse at the arena, or whether it be racism or whatever it is. Do you know what? Say if that's the case, then get make whoever it is make a bloody example
1: of them. Because that's, I've never that, heard that's of. easy to say, mate. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say that is easy to say, but. It it's you know it nope, comes back it, to it, a bullying aspect of it. You, you you can't just say make a thing. It, it, people are are sometimes abused like this all the time, and and they just have to keep it within themselves. It's a difficult subject to basically point and say you should be shouting up. I think that's where the awareness side of it comes,
3: uh, and it's about education. Yes, and that's the I Look, I'm in my mid forties now. Okay, Um and if I sat here and said to myself that I've never had made a joke about a gay person or um, made a joke about um, uh, the LGBT community, I would be absolutely lying. I genuinely would. Would you hear from me now? Very, very unlikely. Very unlikely. And that's through education. I have got gay people who are very good friends of mine. I have got... um a member of my family's gay, And again, I it, it took a lot of courage. And it does take a lot of courage to stand up and and, and a lot of people think that you're you're gonna be ridiculed. Northern Ireland is a different place now than what it was twenty years ago. It's a different place now than what it was ten years ago.
1: Yeah.
3: And the UK as a whole, I mean there's there's certain parts of, of the UK that that probably suffer racism. Homophobic slurs. Um, you, you talk about Islam, uh, Islamic slurs. There's probably different parts of, of the UK would probably get it tougher than what Northern Ireland would. Um, and for me, I would back David up 100 percent in what he says. The club are doing the right thing, and for for them to focus on the youth and say that that it's not just about raising money, which of selling shirts with uh, the pride, obviously the big G in the front right, and to sell the sale of shirts normally that money would go into the club, but for them to give that money to the the junior development program and focus on the equality within the youth the setup as well, I think it's absolutely brilliant because you're talking about equality and Don Donald. Okay, let's just get this through. And we've talked about the development of ice hockey in Northern Ireland for over the last number of years, and they need more facilities. There's still kids from North, West, Belfast, and even further afield, they Loyalist areas in East Belfast to get to Tully Carnot, to get to Donald Ice Bowl, to go practice with their friends who are from all sides of the community. And that's called equality. And those kids that come in there and give their all for the Belfast Giants, now some of them are going to represent um, Team GB in the Youth Olympics. There's other ones being represented in national teams in Scotland and England as well. And that is absolutely outstanding. I think the club need a big pat on the back for that because they're not focusing on one aspect of the community. And they're basically focusing on equality. That's what it's been for 20 years. And that's what it should be for the next 20 years. But just touching, just finally touching, because I think I've said enough, finally touching on what Davy said. I don't think we've done enough in the last few years to try and get that out there about. It's it's our club is is um is for everybody, um and it's it's always been that way. But we probably don't, I don't like using the word preach,
1: but it's we probably don't use get it out there as much as what we should. Interesting. One of the final points going to be I will throw back to you, Davey, is that the, one of the things that Luke said in his interview there, which I thought stood out, is the fact that they wanted this weekend to be more of a celebration of the diversity and the welcomeness of the Elite League fan base Uh, he mentioned in particular the Glasgow clan fans at the playoffs and that of course was spurned from a comment that was made I think it was by a Glasgow clan fan on Twitter that was remarkably homophobic and and that they wanted to respond with a sort of open arms to show that that isn't what the fan base is about when it comes to, yeah I'm going to give inverted commas, hashtag hockey family and all that sort of nonsense but when it comes to the fact that you you want to make the arena a a welcome, safe, equal space for all, and regardless of whether your sensibilities or whether this should be all the way supporting LGBT or all the way to just being an equal space for all. What should be a case is that it is it is a welcome, it is a safe space.
2: Yeah, it's. I know I said it earlier, and don't like and I think I so, used the term preach. It's about being a Belfast Giant fan for me. It's about, you know, we're going there to back up the boys that are on the ice playing to represent us. And, you know, I really don't care what your thing is, um, what your problem is, what your... And I don't mean that in terms of LGBT, by the way. I mean, whatever problem, whatever baggage you're bringing to the arena, mate, should it be personal issues, should it be sexuality, should it be colour, should it be creed? If you're playing or if you're coming to support the Belfast Giants, you are one of us. We are all the same exactly the same every single person that comes through that door is just one thing and it's a Belfast Giants fan and that should just—that should be the only thing. There shouldn't be things that separate us. There should just be one thing that unites us. And it's our support and our love for this team when we go that arena. And I know somebody was banging on about, oh, it's a social issue. I don't believe that Belfast Giants have a responsibility for things that happen, particularly outside the arena. I know somebody's saying, oh, what if somebody gets shouted at on the way home from the arena? We can't place that. We can only do what we can do in our arena that's a bigger society issue that's for the politicians bad or good as they may be that's a society that's an education thing and yes do these kind of things and use that money to teach children to be better than we are and better than we were when we were young. because Simon's absolutely right we lived through an age where it was okay and even using religion and politics you know to call each other some of the things you would have called me when I was a kid and vice versa you know we've changed we've understood we understand more and and a lot of that has came through our love of this club as i said at the start of the piece so with the lgbt thing (laughs) with all the other minority communities that we're all starting to live together because society's becoming a more diverse place the belfast giants should be one place where we can all go and be the same If, if that's what it's about if it's about making everybody the same if that's what equality is is, you know, trying to make sure everyone's on a level playing field. Well, then just come and be a Belfast Giants fan. And if you're cheering my team on, I've got your back.
3: Paddy, I, I just wanted to throw in there because you brought up, um, you, you mentioned a word in your last, uh, you, when you went to TNDB up for that, uh, that quote, and it was about a safe place. And we've all got kids now. And I wouldn't be taking Jasmine to the the arena if i didn't think it was a safe place, and for me that's vitally important, absolutely vitally important. Mm-hmm. I've walked around Belfast city centre um, Saturday week ago and Royal Avenue, which you know used to be the, the the hub of of Belfast and walking up towards you know some of the shopping centers around there and what and this is a Saturday afternoon, and it was dead. It was absolutely dead. And I sort of felt, and I, again, I, I'd like to think I can look after me. um, Not as quick as what it used to be, but um, I felt a wee bit intimidated by some of the things that were on Royal Avenue.
1: Yeah.
3: And around some of the streets around that neck of the way. And if I thought that my 15 year old daughter, Jasmine, was getting to Belfast to hang about. Corners, um, you know, well, I was with a couple of friends and stuff like that. And she's asked, and I've said, yep, no problem at all. That's where you're allowed to go to, this is where you're allowed to go, to. but you stay away from there. Um, and there's no difference in that than what it was when we were there's no difference in that. Um, you know, I i love going to the leisure world like something, this is going to be a good night for a long time some of The older people, and what about craft work closing got it,
1: got it, My
3: God. You know, I used to go round the Crawford, go round the Leisure World um, on a Saturday or, or Sunday, whatever it was. This is before I started skating at the ice ball. And you're talking about 12, 13 years of age, You man, not going to the, the Belfast City Centre and the bus to Oxford Street, and away you go. You, you know, you made your own way around and back in the town. I wouldn't let Jasmine go anywhere near the place 12 years of age. But it, it is about a safe place, and you know, it was a was Chris level. David was was uh, jumped onto your timeline the
2: other. Day. Yes, I could read you Chris Lovell's text message. You know, and to be honest, I I, I was going to say that. I can't, I can't.
3: But he absolutely nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. And Chris, you know, David,
2: you know what? Just read it. Read what it says if you've got it there. Chris was replying to a tweet that I tagged him in because I was chatting with Matty Hogarth, who's a lovely fellow, by the way. He didn't really want to get involved. Tit for tat because he's just got a different opinion than I've got. Um I've offered on a number of occasions now that, you know, come to a game, we'll have a beer. Teach me, educate me because I'm I'm obviously I'm missing something and that's okay and I'm I'm happy to be you know, be told about it because I, I am I wrong when I say I just don't believe that people are being bullied because of their sexuality. There's always going to be wild cards, you know,
1: I if, I would say you're pricked I would, are I, of- I would say you're wrong. Uh, but then and you know, what and that there are people being bullied by there's yeah, sexuality oh, in the arena I, 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 would okay. be, I, I it wouldn't surprise me
2: yeah. I, because uh,
1: because there because there is that element in society everywhere
2: yeah right, well i I take that on board anyway, I've said to chris uh, and Chris said, chris or boys, my personal experience is i've never felt in any danger unwelcome or anything other than part of the Giants fan base and community. Or perhaps that's because I choose to believe in the land of the Giants, everyone is equal, meaning no one person is more important than another. Hang on. There's more. (laughs) Um, I have a Giants tattoo on my right arm. Is it rainbow colored? No, because it speaks for itself. It doesn't need to be. A rainbow G on a jersey would change nothing. And where would it stop? Are we going to have a Protestant jersey and a Catholic jersey just so they feel extra welcome? Not sure about the Catholic jersey. In the in the in the Giants fan base and the arena, we are one community, and that is it. No other team across this country can say it's supported cross community as well as the Giants are. This is coming from Chris Niles. These are his words, not mine. I don't care where you're from, your religion, your sexuality, etc. You support my club. I've got time for you. End of. Full stop.
1: Yeah. Uh, on that note, I think it's, it's, I think we'll, we'll, we're going to move it on because I think Chris has got a very good point there. And I think it's a point that's been made. I think the overwhelming thing from my point of view, and I know there's there have been idiots on Twitter trying to tell me what my point of view is and how they got that, I have no idea. But the uh, my point of view is that from a league-wide perspective, this is a positive. It most certainly is yeah. a positive. I think that from a... <laughs> there are elements in society that we don't see and there are people who out there who are maybe undertaking parts of life that they don't really want to be part of when it comes to being bullied or being just snide comments or, or things like that, that are, that affect people. I'm not just saying it from an LGBT stance. I'm saying from a racism stance, I'm saying from Islamophobia stance, I'm saying from just aspects of society that, that, that hurt people. And Okay, this one from a from elite league have gone. They're they're going for the pride night. Now, some people will look at that and say, you know, why particular this, why not that? And that's fair enough. You know, there 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 are rational reasons behind that question and attitude as to why 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 one minority, why not another? It, I think it's just a case of it has to be one step at a time. And I think in this with regards to the elite league and their and their pride weekend. Is certainly as a positive regards to a welcoming attitude within the Elite League and the Belfast Giants in particular going for the equality route which is well in keeping with 20 years of the organisation and their motto and their understanding of their own fan base their, where, they, where they sit in Northern Irish society. I think they should be congratulated for it. Likewise I think they should be congratulated for the, for the support they're given to the Junior Giants I know there are some people referring to it as dishonest. I don't know how you can be dishonest Honest, when you actually openly tell people what you're doing, Um, I I think that it's a a fantastic initiative that they're able to use this to try to promote diversity within the youth. Uh, And you know, these games will take place uh, the weekend after next against the uh, the the Guildford Flames and the and the Glasgow Clan at home. Uh, The shirts are available, and the shirt off their back will be raffled, and you know, no doubt it will be celebrated well across the Elite League, and uh, and rightly so. Um, going to move it on. Uh, we're going to go for a bit of old school with Ask Davy and Ask says We put it out on the Twitter for you to ask questions. I'm going to pick up a few here, boys. Uh, let's see. I'm going to start with uh, Ask says Patrick Walsh, did you see the blunder of the penalty shot in the Bruins Flyer shootout the other night from Brad Marchand?
3: Yeah, it wasn't a penalty shot because he missed the puck. He just pucked. <laughs> I just touched it, but uh, it was the first time I've ever seen. I've seen you know guys skate down the ice, lose control over the away. But um, I like Brad Marchand's tweet. Uh, somebody was chirping him earlier on for you know saying that he was a you know public player and and uh, could skate down. and and, you
1: know, how can he miss a puck? And then, bravo, Sean just tweeted a picture of him left the Stanley Cup. See, I thought that was so, rubbish. I actually thought, because Marshawn Sean comes back with a, with a picture of him, tweeting, tweet a picture of the, him kissing the Stanley Cup, just suck it up, mate. You, you, you made a mistake and your team lost the game. You don't need to start going, well, it doesn't matter because I won the Stanley Cup. No, I, 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 thought I, it was, I, I thought that was rubbish. I thought it was quite funny. <laughs> um, but it's, there there you go. There's the
3: opinions. <laughs> Everybody has them. Do you know what I mean? And that's what it's all about, but... Um, not like, do you think he's going to do it again? I highly doubt it. Um, and maybe if he had I had Palmer stick, the stick and stick with uh, it, he would have reached it, would have been okay. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, you know, for good, it was the last penalty shot as well. It was, um, it was the one that lose the game, and obviously the referees
1: and uh, disallowed it. So, uh, I'm, I'm correctly, yeah, um, Does dude. On uh, on Twitter, Davey, delving into the Belfast dance history on YouTube, I came across that you used to do a View from the Bridge TV, which included a dude called Neil the Coach Russell. Why did you stop mm-hmm. doing that? Uh, pretty simple. Neil the Coach Russell's rider. became came too um,
2: big for Jazz TV. They couldn't afford it. It was blue M and M's. Big M&Ms, time. Big you time. Know, case of Diet Coke. And to be honest, his, his self tanning products were becoming too expensive. So that's
1: pretty much where it pulled it it, it, it it totally killed it then. It? it totally killed it. Um, Ask says, favourite Belfast Giants moment that comes from Aidan Macaulay. All time? It seems to be.
3: <sighs> I think it still has to go back to last year. This The weekend passed last year, the Ireland Continental Cup. It was. Uh, that noise in the arena was just, um, and yeah, I, I, it's going to take something really, really special to top that for me. Um, and the, the big thing about it is that's losing. Do you know what I mean? We didn't win, but that's that's the one that that sticks in my head as um something that I, I I don't think I'll forget in a hurry. Uh
1: Phil Armstrong, Davey, who's been your MVP to this point in the season for the Giants?
2: Half,
1: <laughs> okay. Um, Rand Donaldson says the Castle Ray Flames were uh, were Ooh. my first experience of watching ice hockey. Did you play for them for this? I did. Give us, give, give us a story. Come on.
2: Uh, I don't know if this is.
1: Oh, tell the story about
2: their. Tell a story about the stories about Says being blocked about the what the Russians being blocked up in Vanville. Oh
3: my God! Right. Um, <laughs> Vasily Vasil, Vasilenko. They used to. Uh, I mean, we had three Russians at that at one point: Leg and uh, Igor, and the three of them together was were just absolutely insane. I mean, on the ice, these guys could be absolutely hammered on vodka um, and still take a jockstrap off um, with a stick upside down. It was it was just ridiculous. But um, let's just say that they like the we. Weed- um but they were, you know, they never missed practice. They were uh they, they were first on the ice, they were last off the ice. Um fast, I still got Vass on, on Facebook and, and you know, we and talked to him occasionally as well and but some of the some of the things they used to do. They they used to come um I mean this is this twenty two years ago now, actually twenty three years ago. And uh they used to um when when we got a couple of days off uh, they Go, go and buy a Lada or a Skoda back then and drive it the whole way back to the Ukraine and then fly back here again <laughs> because they'd get three or four times the amount of money in the Skoda and Lada than what we'd do here. So it's bad for something like four or 500 quid and drive it the whole way to Ukraine and sell it and then fly back home or fly back to Belfast again. But they, they definitely did like a drink and, and some of the things that they got up to, it, that uh, they used to live up in Vanville, you know, right next door to the Expo. Was you, you couldn't put it on a webcast or podcast, sorry, you just couldn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know the, the Castoray Flames, Castoray Nights, great cracking, and um, and memories that again, I'll, I'll live long, long in the memory for me. It's, um, it's just, yeah, good times, a hundred percent. It's just you know that's what that's what made you know I, I, again we we talk about you know the changing times in Belfast. I honestly feel that if it hadn't been for the Donald Iceball, I could have ended up in a lot of trouble. Yep, a lot of trouble.
2: Well, to be fair, sure, you ended up in quite a bit of trouble even in the expo. <laughs> <laughs> it was your sister's fault, mate.
3: <laughs> Are
1: you kidding me, Simon? <laughs> oh my yeah. this
3: game! It's
2: That's a two-one. We're uh, <laughs> playing great.
3: The um. No, but I, honestly, I, I genuinely had to be for the Donald Ice Bowl and my mum pushed me to go there and, and skate more or less every night of the week. I, I, think, I remember mum giving me her last couple of quid. £1.80 it was skate at that time. I think it's about 12 quid now. But, you know, £1.80 to go skating. And I, I knew, I didn't know at the time, but my mum used to walk from Ballybean to the Knock Junction to work because she gave me her last £1.80 to go to the Ice bowl. And that's for me it's just I know, God rest her, her, her show absolute legend. Um but so many of the times at that Donald again if I hadn't have, if I hadn't had ice hockey to take me away and, and a, a, a lot of the times again you have Jackie Cash and Nancy and you know, Nancy and Sturdy, Sturdy always dresses up for the, the uh the hockey and the the arena and obviously going to the playoffs and was as well. But you know, without them Again, my life is absolutely, I wouldn't be sitting here talking hockey at, at uh, nearly quarter day level on a Tuesday. I just wouldn't be doing it.
1: Yeah,
3: and and I don't I don't think I showed as much appreciation them. back. Oh, actually, you know what? I was a pain in the butt. I was like, I mean, I, I you know, for what they used to give up their time every weekend for us to go to school every weekend, and you know, and I. I don't – I didn't appreciate it at the time. And I've said since, you know, I said to Henry and I put it out on Twitter or Facebook a, a while ago about how good that they were giving up. They didn't need to do it. Like, I mean, their two sons played hockey and, and their daughter, Nikki, used to come away um, and uh, you know for the weekends and stuff as well. But they didn't need to do that. I and mean, they're massive chance. They'd never miss a game. They're out at the home. They're always at the SS – um and I should say thank you again to them because they were my mum and dad on their like, own. Mm. They were genuinely my mum and dad when we were away. I mean we, we were kids, we were you know, sixteen, seventeen, right up to nineteen twenty odd, and and um and they were they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant. And it, it all start, that started my love for Ice. Before that with bob Archie Bald and I uh, got a text from Bob yesterday actually. Um you know, Bob and Davy and all the guys in the back in at the Donald and and for them to again give up their time to take pick me up at, at Ballybean, to take me to the Ice Bowl, to bring me back at like half past one in the morning. For me to get up for school the next day, always late. Um and the first opportunity I got to go skate now, even with my work experience at the ice bowl. Um but you know, you, you just don't know how lucky you actually are and and come back to twenty years ago when your man put the article in the Irish News saying, "You know, it never. Thank God he was wrong because uh, what else are you going to do yourself on Saturday night
1: or
3: a Friday Saturday night? You can't watch. There's not a lot else happening in Belfast.
1: <laughs> I think that's a a fantastic way to finish that section. Says so thanks very much and thanks to everybody who sent in questions and uh, we'll, uh, we'll maybe do that again next couple of weeks. Um, Two games this weekend uh, for the Belfast Giants who are trying to come back off that defeat to the Guildford Flames both of those games are away from home Saturday and Sunday away to the Glasgow clan at 7pm on Saturday away to the Sheffield Steelers 4pm on Sunday obviously from Glasgow no webcast but for the Sheffield game Steelers TV we did ask uh, we put out on somebody I don't know who amongst us put out on Twitter I have my suspicions Mr. McGemsey but they, uh, as we put out on Twitter asking anybody who wanted to come on and preview nobody stepped forward so unfortunately David what do you think is going to happen this weekend? oh <laughs> nobody stepped forward what's the, what's
2: the first game
1: the first oh, game is away clan. to glasgow um, on saturday
2: we've been we've been pretty good in the first game of double hitters uh, we've been pretty good against the clan um up and down of course when we we're going through a bit of a bad patch earlier in the season we went to the glasgow didn't do too well mate this is just rename this section show cliche corner because that's all it is like it's Mm-hmm. It's the same it's the same things we'll trot out and it's the same things that the coach will be trotting out every week. He'll be trying to change things up to to get things, you know, to lighten things up to get results. But it's ultimately it's the same kind of things you need to do every week and we'll talk about it. You know, if you want to talk about Glasgow personnel, that's maybe slightly different. But you go to Glasgow, you've got to come out, you've got to be clever, you've got to come out fast, you've got to win that first period battles. You've got to get shots on. You've got to get people in front of the net. And the most important thing for me is discipline. This team, when it's disciplined, wins games. When our penalty count is low, it's one of the things that you tick off on the process. Have less penalty minutes than they have or less penalties than they have. Win that special team battle. And if we can do that, I think we'll come out okay across the weekend.
1: Simon, any thoughts We've on the done. weekend We've before we move it on? Just what he said. Fair enough. The, the, that's the end of cliche corner, and uh, <laughs> you, you give it all there, Davy. And says didn't have to give much. Uh, if you want to get a, if you if you want to give uh, both of these teams a look to see what how what we're going to be facing this weekend, they play each other on tom- on Wednesday nights uh, on Free Sports at seven pm. So if you want to join Murph and uh, Paul Eddy and Ellie. Free sports for the game between the Sheffield Steelers and the Glasgow clan. Any other business? I'm just going to throw in initially uh, on a back of our plea last week with regards to the Bleed Teal 100. This week has been a, such a, a boost to that. There have been so many people who have come forward that uh, I'm, I'll be updating the spreadsheet tomorrow. But uh, I know that, like, so we Joe and, and all these ones who are coming forward and saying, you know, trying to trying to push people alongside, and the guys at Boomerang Corner behind trying to push people as well, and uh, it's really worked this week, and and hopefully the longer that will go on the better. Get yourself down and donate some blood, pint of blood. We'll get £10 to the blood transfusion service in Northern Ireland. And you'll also be able to pick yourself up a drink on the last game of the season. Thanks to the guys from, uh, from the Odyssey. And thanks to the guys from Phonakab for providing the, uh, the money to the blood transfusion service in Northern Ireland. That's the bleed T100. Take a picture, hashtag bleed T100 and send it to us at at AVFTB. Any other business gents? I
3: have a couple. Go on. Um, there's a tweet come in from Ross Manley there at 9 o'clock tonight. Um, how does it feel, Davey, Simon, Paddy, yeah, Joel being that. the best. Jazz TV and AFTV. And game callers too. You must feel pretty good. Basically, officially, IHL. No one comes close to that. Ross, you know what, kid? You're a top, top lad. Thank you very much for your, your uh, so generous in your comments um, every single week. And uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, but the only other thing I wanted to say was thoughts with Karen Mercer. Her um, mum yeah. passed away till the end last week. Um was at the funeral this morning. Um, and uh, thoughts with, with Karen. Xander, David, uh, Michael Barr, obviously.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that goes for each and every one of us. Um, David? Nothing from me,
2: Patty. Just, I guess, my, my weekly shout out to kids. You know, facing challenges and stuff. I see Ethan, out in Washington this oh, week, making, it. Te- teaching teaching Ovi how to how to swing a golf club at the at the range. And <laughs> see, we we um, Blake's having a, a a real challenging time there. Um, hospital for eight months now, and the reckon it's going to be another few months. You know, it doesn't bear thinking about. It. We're we're all dads, um, and you know, and, and our heart does go out to them, and, and, and that doesn't make it any easier for them they're the ones at the coal face, but our thoughts are with them and uh, I'm hoping it was great to see whenever I was home there at Christmas and I was doing the game with Simon we in down the locker room afterwards and, and Blake was there, it was lovely to see that he was able to get out of the hospital just even for a few hours to, to go and have a little bit of normality in his life and it, it's great for Ethan too to, to go on those trips that you know making memories, that's that's kind of what life's all about, be grateful for what you have and and you know give your, give your loved ones a hug tonight
1: Hear, hear Hear her. Uh, right, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, two games away. Way to Glasgow on Saturday, 7pm. Away to Sheffield on Sunday, 4pm. Only the Sheffield game will have the webcast. You can join JJ Fernley on Steelers TV. A uh, big thanks to Luke Fisher for joining us earlier in the show. Uh, at AVFTB on Twitter, if you want to get in touch, podcast at KingdomTheGiants.com. KingdomTheGiants.com for all of our game reports. And you can get all the audio stuff, all the... uh post-game interviews and the likes on soundcloud.com forward slash avftb and you can get us on Facebook and you can get us all sorts of different places Mr Kitchen and Mr McGemsey, thank you very much for your time Cheers Paddy, Cheers Thanks gents and wherever you are this weekend we hope you enjoy your hockey, we'll catch you next time on A View From The Bridge
3: cast Network.